With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello college basketball fans and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer and as always I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And before we start this podcast, Brandon, I've got a kind of hypothetical question for you. Well, and I might was, have kind of an answer. It was as I was driving in to do the podcast tonight. Wow, were, that's a long drive. You must have had a lot of thinking. It, it wasn't. It was like a five-minute drive to my house here to the studio, but they were talking on local radio here. Here's your proposition. Hypothetical situation. You got one of two choices. You get a half-court shot. You get ten attempts. You make one of the ten You get $30 million tax-free. If you miss all 10 of them, you go to maximum security prison for two years. Do you take the risk? Do you roll the dice and try to make one half-court shot for $30 million untaxed dollars? But if you miss all of them, you got to go to maximum security for two years. Can they promise me that I won't get beat up? No, we can't promise that. Okay, yeah, I ain't ain't doing it. See, I was on the other... I, I rolled the dice. Of course you would. I've seen it's you. Dri- sh- I've seen you shoot. Don't well, do it. It's a rhythm. It's Don't a dri- do it. It's a dribble two step. <laughs> do and not it's off. do it. I have seen you. If Northern Iowa can do it, I can do it. No, right? you can't. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Northern Iowa actually they they play basketball. If Northern almost Iowa for can, a living, but not really. If Northern Iowa could do it against Texas, I feel like I could do it. Right. Here's the thing, though, is that. I mean, how much practice time do we get? Are we you doing get, this tomorrow? You we, get as much. You can take as many practice shots as you want. Beforehand, I just don't know ten. You know, I don't know. You got all you gotta do is make one. I of know, them. I know. Um, Dribble two steps and shoot. You it's make it easy. sound so much easier than what it really is. It's so easy. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's I, a rhythm. By the time you get to ten, you're so see, much in a rhythm. You know, it would be my luck. It would be the eleventh shot. Well, you you're already never going. To, you're already going to prison. <laughs> but nice try. Way to go, buddy. No, I, I, I roll the dice. I can make one of them. I can make one of them. I don't know. Brandon's like, I just don't want to go to jail. See, jail's not even on. It's not even on my mind because I'm going to make one of them, and I'm going to get thirty million dollars. I like your confidence. I have confidence too, but in things that I will actually be able to do, like your bracket. No, that was bad. Well, and that's what we're. I, I, I really, I really didn't have a whole lot of confidence in it because I knew that there was going to be upsets that mm-hmm. I did not think of. I, I, I didn't think that Purdue and Michigan State would make it out of round one, but you know what? Not a lot of people did. <sighs> that Purdue game. That. Uh... I mm, that Purdue game to me was the worst of the first round because that whole let's be honest that whole Midwestern region for me is a fucking crapshoot. Oh my gosh, the Midwest region! You what? you would have thought some someone was bleeding all over my bracket. Let, let's put it this way: the only three teams that I had correctly picked to get out of day one of the tournament from the Midwest: Virginia, Butler, and Utah. Those were the only ones that I predicted correctly to just get out of the first day. 
Virginia was my only one that I predicted correctly to get out of the first weekend. Other than that, my bracket wasn't too bad, except, uh, you know what? I'll be honest. The the East region wasn't that well either. It was just that whole right side of the bracket to me. Just can go fuck itself. I'll be be very honest with you. If we were only going by the West bracket, (laughs) I did a pretty good job. I only had two wrong, Oregon State and Texas. That's it. Oregon State and Texas, because I had Texas going to the Sweet 16. I think, you know, I think, though, you, you, you look at this, and it's just, it's really exciting. Obviously, it's frustrating when you, you don't get your bracket wrong, because mm-hmm. you, you, everyone feels like they're like they're an expert. You know, if they call the upset or something like that, oh, I knew it. Oh, you didn't know shit. So, you took a guess. You took a guess, educated as it might be. You don't know. But I think it's kind of fun, though, to see a... Middle Tennessee, a Little Rock, Arkansas. Even though I, I they think, lost in the second game? Even though they lost in the second game, they played quality opponents in Purdue and, and Michigan State. too. Uh, yeah, S- uh, Stephen F. Austin. Absolutely. Northern Iowa. I, I think that it's fun to kind of – you can throw in Hawaii, too. I think it's fun well, to see those teams win, even if it's one game. They showed and they proved – that there was a reason for them to be in the tournament. Because how many how many years? Mm-hmm. How many years going back? Do we look and we go, you know, no no nobody college got in? Are you kidding me? Like that's not even fun to watch. Like, and finally that, you have some have teams that play well. It would have been funny this year if because Tulsa's that team. Like, what the fuck they got in? If they would have made a run. Hawaii was actually a team that I was hoping would go far in the tournament because I did not know this until I was watching the Hawaii Cal game in round one. But apparently they were told earlier this season, hey, have fun. You can go to the tournament this year, but starting next season, you have a postseason ban. So you can't go to the tournament. So after hearing that and they beat Cal, I'm like, you know what? I kind of hope that they bust some brackets and go on a run because this may be the last time that Hawaii – Gets to go to the tournament in a few years. I, I I think it's just fun watching watching teams like that go on a run. You know, again, even if it's for a game, mm-hmm. even if it's for two games, it's fun watching them at least make a little bit of a name for themselves. Like I said, you know, with Middle Tennessee, you beat Michigan State a number two seed. Nobody who everyone, thought that that was going to happen. Who everyone, including myself was saying they should have been a one seed, too. Yeah. Don't don't forget that. Some people said that they should have been a one overall. Mm -hmm. I think I may have been one of those people at one point. Michigan State ended the season as one of the top elite teams. It only takes one game to fall. Nine out of ten times, Michigan State wins that game. This was the one time they didn't. Well, and another thing, this is what I was thinking of while watching our first round kind of games was all year we talked about, oh, there's so much parity this year. We had, what, 12 number ones that had gone down this year, and we finally got our answer for what the postseason was going to be like. And what it it was to me was, yeah, that, that seating may say, Number two next to your name, or like Mid-Tennessee, could say 15. But let's be honest, Mid-Tennessee is not what we're used to seeing a 15 seed. I was watching them play 
and I'm sitting there going, okay, this is like a, a an 11 seed playing a two seed. This is not your normal 15 seed team. This isn't like when Lehigh went ahead and beat Duke when they were the 15 over the two. This team, Mid-Tennessee, they didn't even let the Spartans lead at all in the game. At all in the game. So to me, that's what we got. Gonzaga's another good choice. They're in the Sweet 16. Are they a true 11? Probably not. They should be up a little bit higher. Or like to me, Wisconsin, maybe like, yeah, it's a 7, but are they really a 7? Wichita State's another one. An 11 seed, they had to go in on a play-in game, and they there's no way that I looked at Wichita State and I saw an 11 seed. So to me, because of all the parity we had in the regular season, it showed in the tournament to where seeding doesn't like seeding matters in the fact to where you know we still got like one, two, and three moving on in the and south. it matters to the the road, the path that you will yeah, take. Yeah, the path. Like Oregon got to play St. Joe's, who did give them a little bit of a run for their money, but they played Holy Cross in round one and just shit all over Holy Cross. And I mean, where you had on the other side where North Carolina had to play arguably to me the toughest 16th seed in FGCU. Yeah, they did. I, you know, and I think that it goes back to when people were talking on Selection Sunday mm-hmm. afterwards and you had all the all the different shows talking about it, analyzing it, and it didn't just affect they they were saying how, you know, the seeding was messed up. It didn't just affect teams like a Kentucky. It didn't affect teams at the top with a one through five seed. It affected it everybody. It affected everybody. And you look at, like you said, you look at a Middle Tennessee. You look at an a, a, an Arkansas Little Little Rock. Were they really a fifteen and a twelve? I, I don't know. You know, they played Middle Tennessee played too good mm-hmm. to be a fifteen seed. To be a fifteen seed. And, Wait, they played way too well. And now what we have is we got to talk about these sweet sweet 16 games and eventually what we may see this Saturday and Sunday on Easter for the Elite Eight. Let's start with the South region because that's what we did in our first and second round podcast. To me, this is a region to where, okay, Kansas, Maryland, Vill- like Villanova, I'm surprised even got to the second weekend. I'll be surprised. Like, well, when you got to play Iowa, who didn't show true, up, true. That's how you get to. And that's Iowa, how you get, who that's how you get there. Iowa, who should have lost to Temple, but missed free throws and a lucky tip in. That's all it is in this tournament, too, is luck and the the right timing. Timing is everything in this tournament. I mean, how, Did you get the timely bucket? That's like, huge. And I mean, that goes into the look at the St. Joe Cincinnati game. Ellis hung on to the ball for, let's say, a half a second too long. If he just would have dumped it in, we would have been going to overtime in that game. Because he hung on to it and wanted to go for the dunk, there you go. You're going home. And that's a kid who they were saying in that broadcast got kicked off the team, had to transfer to a junior college, then had the opportunity to come back, and that's going to be his last moment playing for the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's just depressing. It's Hanging depressing. Hanging on to the ball for a little bit too long. And to me, the one team that, I mean, I I think the Kansas-Maryland game 
is going to be what we expect it to be. Kansas is going to roll. Now, is there a chance by me saying that that Maryland comes out and plays? Because Maryland did play very well, winning by 13 against Hawaii. I think this Kansas team is too good. To me, that game, the game I'm looking for in the South is that Miami-Villanova game. Because Villanova, to me, proved, okay, you showed up. You didn't let UNC Asheville upset you like a mid-Tennessee did to Michigan State. You didn't let Iowa upset you. You finally got to the second weekend. They have looked good. However, this Miami team has looked even better. Well, I, In my I th- eyes, they've looked even better. Well, I think that you look at the road for both of them. It's been a lot different. So Villanova rolls over UNC Asheville. Mm-hmm. Villanova rolls over Iowa. If they roll over Iowa, was it more Villanova or was it more the lack of Iowa really playing well, shooting well in the game? But then you look at Miami. They didn't have an easy time with Buffalo. One by seven. Didn't have an easy time with Wichita, Wichita State. State. They, they, didn't, had, they had an easier time than they did against Buffalo. But they didn't have an easy time. I, I, Did I you watch disagree. the fucking game? I would disagree. Did you there. watch the game? Because with Wichita, I was expecting the Wichita team that we saw going up against. Because Wichita to me looked better in their win over Arizona, obviously, than they did in the loss. Wichita but State looked a lot better in their I win was, against Arizona, but then I was Arizona, all every. Every bit of sweat that Arizona was putting out there was going into Steve Miller's shirt. That's <laughs> that's what was going on there. So I, I think that or even Wichita Miami State play, Miami played Vanderbilt a lot better game. than Arizona. Miami yeah. played a lot better than Arizona did against Wichita State. But Wichita still, State still gave them a run. You win by eight. You can't say it was easy. It was a close game. Well, in any game, you can say it wasn't. You can really technically say it wasn't. Easy. I think for Kansas over Austin P, it was easy. But what what about Oregon over Holy Cross? That wasn't easy, right? That wasn't easy. The uh, ninety one to fifty two. Come on, that was easy. But no, they used I staples. Mean, to me, Miami is. And here's the thing about Miami. This is why I like them. This is why I have them going up against Kansas. I'm going to stick with it. At the beginning of the bracket, I had Kansas, Miami, and the Elite Eight. I'm still going to stay there because the thing with this Miami team. The heartbreak of losing in the NIT championship, they're taking that to heart. They don't want to feel that pain again. They're going to move on to the Elite Eight. Now, do they beat Kansas? Probably not, but at least we'll get a good Kansas-Miami matchup on the 26th. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Kansas-Miami. I mean, Villanova, that's going to be the game. Miami-Villanova. Villanova can prove me wrong, but I still have Miami going on to the Elite Eight, and then both of us have Kansas winning that game, right? No, no, Neither of us have Miami going to the Final Four. No. What about the West region? We've got Oregon, Duke, and then the Aggies and the Sooners. You know, here's here's the thing with that is that Oregon's a very complete team, and if you if you want to look at depth, um, depth has almost, almost failed Duke both times, mm-hmm. but they've found a way to come out on top, and I'm going to roll the way that I have from the beginning. No, and not, I'm going not because they're in your in your championship game, right? No, I'm going to pick Duke. I'm going to say that Duke will get the win over Oregon, even or even though Oregon has played well in this tournament. St. Joe's showed that you know they can make it real close. I, I think I think Duke might be able to get the slight edge over Oregon in this one. Just a feeling. Now, here's the thing that, with me, 
why I'm kind of teeter-tottering between I'm going to just make my pick. I'm picking Oregon, but it's not as easy as a pick as I once thought because if I look at the Holy Cross game, now, of course, that game they won by nearly 40 points. Everyone on the team played, and we had the five starters plus four others, so nine players played double digits, like double-digit minutes in their win over Holy Cross. However, you look at the Oregon game against St. Joe's, only seven guys played. That's the same as Duke against Yale. So if we get into a matchup where Oregon only plays seven guys, then Duke may be able to say, hey, you know what? Well, depth ain't a reason, like, ain't a reason we're going to lose because we're playing just as many guys as they are. But here's the difference. Now, I'm just using the Duke-Yale game as the big key. You can also use the first game. But against Yale, Brandon Ingram, Grayson Allen, both played 40 minutes. Kennard, 38 minutes. Plumlee, 31 minutes. So that means you had Jones and Thornton kind of switching for that last spot, 20-23. And then Jeter kind of fit in a little bit with eight minutes. Whereas you had the two bench guys for Oregon played 28-19. So to me, it's like, yeah, okay, Duke, you had seven guys playing that game against Yale. But you really had, you could technically almost say you had five. Since two of those players basically split one spot. Or you could technically say you only had four. Because you have four of your guys playing nearly every minute of the game. And I mean, Grayson Allen and Brandon Ingram, if you're playing 40 minutes, game in and game out, it's going to get on you. And I mean, the good thing with Duke is they did have the whole week to kind of rest up. But Grayson Allen, he's played every single minute of this tournament for Duke. Brandon Ingram has played every minute but one. So it's going to be, to me in that game, it's going to be interesting to see if Grayson Allen and Ingram kind of show some tired legs in that second half, even though they had a week, a three-day, I'll say three-day rest going into this one. I don't think it really matters because take a look at what Duke's done all season long. That's how they've been all season. That's how they've been all season. Uh, and, 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 and I think it's going to catch and, up to and, you sooner I, or later. I, you know, it may be, but uh, it's Duke. Ah, see, I I don't think I don't think you can use the argument of it's Duke in this kind of well, a have situation. You seen, come on, have you seen these guys play Ingram and 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 uh, uh, what's his face? For, forgot Grayson his name. Allen. Grayson Allen. Who gives a crap? The fuck face that we but, don't care about because I hate him. Well, we don't care about him. I guess be, I don't care about him. I guess because you you don't care about. I him. hate so him. It's, it's I like, hate it's, like a, it's like girls when they're fighting. I hate well, Grayson we're Allen. fighting with with uh, Susie right now. Oh, we don't like Susie. Okay, we don't like Susie today. So that's kind of <laughs> no, no, kind of how it is. Hey, I hate um, Grayson so, Allen. No matter what. Day no, but of the here's week the thing. Brandon Ingram, Grayson Allen, they know what they're doing. They know they're gonna, they know they're going to have to go out there and play. Every minute of that I game. Think, this is nothing I think new. Oregon's this is tire nothing new. It's yeah, not new think, to them. I think Oregon tires them out because to me, I think what we are going to see is we're going to see a similar kind of game we saw with UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington almost beat Duke in that first game. Yeah, but Duke's still going on. We're going to see the same thing because guess what? Oregon is a different kind of caliber team than UNC Wilmington. Wilmington 
and UNC and Wilmington Yale. had both of them eight guys playing that game, but really you can say the seven guys because they had seven minutes and eight minutes for two of their bench players. But I'm picking Oregon, even though you're playing Duke. How about the other one in the West, the Aggies versus my favorite player? He's going to win the national title this year, Buddy Heal. You know, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma, but Buddy Heal. He's been he's been showing Did up. You see in the, him in the last one in the last game against VCU. Yeah, Did you I see saw, him in that one. Hey, 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 Woo. hey! Hold on, hold on a second. What? What if he doesn't show up in the second half? I think he will though. No, but 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 no no. Here, here's my thing. He has not showed up in the first half of mm-hmm. either of these games, but he has in the second half. He can't just be. If you want to be a championship team, championship caliber team, you can't just show up in the second half. Don't say anything, because I know you're going to say anything. That's my boy, buddy. Here, no, I wasn't. I said don't say I anything. I wasn't going to say that. Here's the thing: is that you cannot just play a second half. You have got to play both halves. He has got to make his presence known more in that first half, so that they are not depending on him as much as they are in the second. I'm going to be honest. In the VCU game, I am putting the blame on VCU. Do you want to know why I'm putting the blame on VCU? Yeah, I do. There were there were uh, reports coming out of that game where, I guess in the first half, some of the VCU players on the court were kind of trash-talking Buddy Heal. Like when they'd come down and you're right next to him guarding, some of the VCU players might be like, well, you're the best player in the country. You're this guy we're, we're supposed to be scared of. Come on, Big Shot, where are you, Wooden Award winner? Where are you, Mr. Wooden? They started trash talking him. And to me, I feel like Welcome that Welcome to sports. I I feel like that fed into Buddy Heel at halftime and he just sat there and he stewed in it. And he stewed in that stank. And then he came out and he played a great second half. Now I agree with you. You gotta have a kind of a complete game, but I just like this Oklahoma team a lot more. And let's be honest with Texas AM. They shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be standing here right now because they got lucky. And I know what you're saying. Well, Ricky, you know, it's March Madness. March Madness is like 99.9999999999 repeated percent luck. Yeah, I get that. But Oklahoma is a good team. They're a talented team. And when you get to the Sweet 16, when you get to the Elite Eight, Sometimes you got to take luck right out the window. I am taking luck out the window here and going with the Sooners because I like Buddy Heal. I like Isaiah Cousins. I like Spangler. Spangler doesn't need to score. He only had six points in the last one, but he had nine boards for this team. That is what they need. They need guys to help Buddy Heal. Buddy Heal can score 36, but as long as they get like the 15 from Cousins, the 17 from water, they are going to be fine in this one, and I don't think I don't think Texas A&M has enough magic to get past Oklahoma in this one. I don't. I think that I think that Oklahoma will win this game, but I really want to see a little bit more from Buddy Heald overall. You know, the, I want to see. I think the, we're going to see the game of our life the from full, Buddy Heald. I want to see the full package here. I you think, know, I think we're I want to see, see the first half Buddy Heald. And I want to see the second half, Buddy Heal. And really I want it to be the same it. one. And, I mean, just like the South region, my Elite Eight in the West region stands tall. Just like I picked it, Oregon, Oklahoma. 
We're going to see that game on, I want to say what, that's a Saturday game as well. And guess what? Oklahoma is going to beat Oregon. And Buddy Heald's going to have two great games in the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 to go on to Houston in the Final Four. Or Oakland. Or Oklahoma could be beating Duke. You just never know. Folks, either way, they folks, go, either just way a, they go to the a, a, bre- a breaking news alert here, folks. Ricky isn't always right. So don't well, always, always listen to everything he says because it's not always completely well, I mean, accurate. Speaking of me being completely right, anything I say for the next region we're about to go go to, just ignore it because the Midwest <laughs> I've been completely wrong with. But Yeah, we, you might as well ignore mine too. But we've got a Virginia-Iowa State game, a Gonzaga-Syracuse game. The, these ones, we had a little bit of uh, – what did you use in the video – um, last week for your Midwest uh, preview, we we've got something in the something because we're actually going to be there. I can't remember the oh, line that you said. Skin in the game. We got a little skin in the game because we're actually going to be at the UC Friday night. Friday, yeah, Friday night. Friday evening. Yeah, yeah. For the two games of Virginia, Iowa State, Gonzaga, Syracuse. I'll be honest. I think the game I'm more excited for is the 11-10 matchup I am. of Gonzaga, Syracuse. I am. That that's the that's the one that I'm looking forward to the most too. I, and I think you have an eleven and a ten. This is exciting. Knowing that an either an eleven or a ten is going to the Elite Eight, I think that's exciting. I think Gonzaga's got a chance to go to like in my second chance bracket, because let's be honest. That's the only bracket anyone's my, working yeah, off well, these days. My entire uh, Elite Eight in this region is crapped out. They lost on the first day of action with uh Purdue and Michigan State or the first two days. Because it was the first round, so my Elite Eight was kind of crapped in this region right away. Just your Elite Eight? Gosh. I've got... I have X's all over the board I've in got, this region. I've got Gonzaga in my second chance bracket moving on to moving on to the Final Four. They're gonna. I have them beating Syracuse, close game, good game. I've got Virginia beating Iowa State because, I don't know, maybe, like, maybe it was Fred Hoiberg. Maybe Hoiberg was the reason that Iowa State got knocked out in the first round last year. Maybe Steve Perl, bringing over that Murray State racer attitude is why they've gotten to the Sweet 16. But I think Virginia's too good for Iowa State, and we're going to get a Zaga-Cavalier matchup in the Elite Eight on Easter. And Fred Hoiberg absolutely is going to be the reason that the Bulls make the playoffs this year, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe Jimmy Butler, because Jimmy Butler is your father. So here's here's the picks that I got. I'm going to take Virginia over Iowa State, and then I'm taking Syracuse over Gonzaga. I think Syracuse's defense is going to really disrupt what Gonzaga wants to do on the perimeter shooting. And also, I, I just think that uh, Syracuse has played their games a little bit more completely than Gonzaga has. But we're going to see two good games. Well, I mean, even look at the coaches. Like, the coaches in just that one game, Mark Few going up against Jim Beheim. Oh, I know. I mean, Few's been there before. Few has had so many great Gonzaga teams over the years. And then just look at Syracuse with the Fab Mello, the Carmelo Anthony, the Rakeem Christmas kind of Syracuse teams. And I wonder if this game is going to be so intense that we're going to see Jim Beheim with the crotchal sweat again on his pants. 
Well, I, I don't think we'll see it from where we're sitting behind no, the desk. No, I, I no need to see it. I just saw it one day. It was posted on Barstool Sports, <laughs> and I'm like, good Lord almighty. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't need to see uh, old uh, old Jim's crotchal sweat <laughs> at the UC. But, yeah, I mean, for me, you said CUSA, Virginia. That's what you said? Yeah, Did that's what say? I went with, yeah. So you've got CUSA, Virginia. I've got Zaga, Virginia. I'm going I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go Gonzaga over West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia still in it? Virginia. You know what I meant. It's going to be our second one seed to fall in the tournament, and Gonzaga goes to the Final Four in Houston. Yeah, I'm going to say Syracuse is our luck. It'll be Gonzaga. Well, it'll be for you, it'll be Syracuse playing Iowa Mm -hmm. State. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what we're talking about. That's that's just how it's come with these brackets. Well, that could could be it because, I mean, with the Midwest region, it's just been like, well, whatever Ricky says, the opposite's going to happen. Yeah. You know, even the the guys on CBS, you know, child, but I... Well, you mean mean Mr. Pudgy McPudge Pudge Fingers? This is is the pig I'm taking. Charles, you got it wrong again. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, but, no, I, you know, I think it's going to be Syracuse, and I think it's going to be Virginia. And then I, I think that uh, I think Virginia will get the win there, but it'll be a good game. What about the last region? We've got the Hoosiers and the Tar Heels. I'll be honest, I was a little upset that the Blue Arrow didn't move on. I'll be honest, I was shocked a little bit. I mean, Indiana's good, but I didn't think that – I thought Kentucky was better. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. And then we've got 6-7 matchup of – Notre Dame, Wisconsin. How whoever, about both of those well, games? I mean, the Notre Dame game and the Wisconsin game. Xavier, guys, honestly, guys, I feel can, bad for you. And SF Austin, I feel bad for you. Can I have some permission <laughs> to rant for a second? Okay, how long is this going to be? It's going to be like maybe five minutes at the most. Okay, well, I'm going to just sit back and, to- and zone out, but you go okay. ahead. You have here, my permission. Here is my rant for this region of the bracket. If any of you go ahead and are thinking, oh, well, next year. Uh, <laughs> if any of you are still listening. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're sitting there next year thinking, huh, I don't know what to do for my bracket. I think I'm going to tweet at Schwarbo and see what Sean Anderson has to say about something with the bracket. If he tells you, like, if you have Notre Dame going to the Elite Eight, and then he tells you, oh, I, I wouldn't have that because Notre Dame's not going to get passed. West Virginia, and then you go ahead and change it because, you know, he's a Notre Dame fan, so he should know what he's talking about. Don't listen to Sean. Do not listen to Sean. I had Notre Dame in the Elite Eight, and if I wouldn't have listened to his his idiocracy, I'm going to call it, about his own team, I would have been sitting here with a totally different tone. I would have been sitting here going, I called it. I told you the Fighting Irish. I'm still going to say it. I told you guys the Fighting Irish would go to the Elite Eight. It's what you get when you listen to a newbie. However, with seeing with what's on the table, and because I don't have Notre Dame in the Elite Eight, I'm going Wisconsin versus North Carolina in the Elite Eight in the East region. However, I don't think I'd be upset with a Wisconsin-Hoosier matchup. A Big Ten Elite Eight game on Easter? What's not to like? What's not to like about that? I love the Big Ten. And you'll be at the Elite Eight game, right? No, not for that one. No, won't not, be not there. in the not in the East region. No, Try, trying to work on going to that Eastern game at the UC though. Yeah, uh, the Easter game, I should say, not Eastern. The, the Eastern game. The Easter game. <laughs> the Eastern game but in no, the Midwest. I, I think like if if it was Kentucky, I think Kentucky could have had enough weapons to beat the Tar Heels. Plus, I like Calipari more than Tom Crean, but I think this. I think this Tar Heel team just 
gets past the Hoosiers, plays Wisconsin. I'm going to go Wisconsin in the Elite Eight. Not a bad pick. I'm going to go with, let's see, I'm going to go with North Carolina, and I'm I'm going to go Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish? Yeah. I mean, they've had the luck of the Irish this tournament. That la- like the last tipping, and I am gonna say this with that last tipping that they had against SFA, they ruined our chance to have a podcast in a week full of Stone Cold Steve Austin references, because we would have had three double seated teams in the Sweet Sixteen, and it would have just opened the door for three sixteen jokes and Stone Cold Steve Austin all week but they ruined it by winning. I don't know. I think that Wisconsin, this is a Wisconsin team that has said, you know what, we may not be the same team as last year. And let's be honest, I will play the same side of the sword that I played with Texas A&M. You could say Wisconsin got lucky with that last second shot against Xavier. I will give you that. You can say they got lucky in that terrible game, that terrible game they played against Pitt where – what was it? The leading scorer went like uh, four for ten from Pitt, four from ten from the field, and they won it forty-seven to forty-three. What a terrible, terrible game from both these teams. Like Nigel Hayes went three of seventeen in thirty-eight minutes in that game. What a terrible, terrible game. However, they flipped the script against Xavier. I think that our two best games this weekend are going to be Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and then Zaga Cuse. The ones that don't have a one seed or, or a five or higher. You know, I, I agree with you. I think Notre Dame and Wisconsin is going to be really big just because of how the last two, for these teams, their last games, how they ended. I mean, just with fireworks for both of them. And then I think in Zaga and Syracuse, it's just, you know, an 11 and a 10, it, mm-hmm. it's going to be good. What about your Elite Eight? Who wins, Tar Heels or the Fighting Irish? Oh, it's going to be North Carolina. So you're going to have, so if our final fours are correct, because I'm picking the Tar Heels too, I'm going to have Gonzaga, UNC. You're going to have, I believe you said Syracuse, UNC. Did you have Syracuse going to the final four from the Midwest, or did you have Virginia? I had Virginia. So you've you've got the one-on-one with Virginia and the Tar Heels. I'm going to say, you know, fuck it. Gonzaga goes to the national championship. They beat the Tar Heels. They will go to the national championship. <laughs> you. Fuck it. <laughs> Who Why even not? cares? I mean, the the Bulldogs will play the Sooners in the national championship. Buddy Heel wins it all. Gonzaga still doesn't have a championship. What are you going to say? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just thinking of Adam Morrison. He's crying some more yeah, in the stands. He, no, no. He's crying on the court in Houston. He's going to be sitting there at uh, half court pulling the jersey over his eyes. <laughs> Hopefully shaved yeah. by then. Well, no, 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 no. He's got to have the full-length hair and the Adam Morrison stash going on. <laughs> well, let's see. Okay, so, oh boy. i got Virginia, North Carolina. <laughs> then I've got Kansas and Oklahoma. And we're going to have Oklahoma obviously beating Kansas because, you know, third time's the charm, they say. Mm-hmm. Unless you lose the third time, then the fourth time got to yeah. get them. But, uh then I'm gonna I'm gonna have North Carolina getting the win over Virginia. North Carolina gets the dub over Oklahoma. Over Oklahoma. Yeah. So you're gonna say Oklahoma goes, but they don't win it. They go, but they don't win. 
You're right. So that's going to do it for our uh, final four there. However, this is all going to change uh, next week as we preview the uh, final four. That'll probably have nobody that me and Brandon just said is going to yeah, make no, probably not a this one. final four. But we're going to move on into kind of some different stories to end this podcast. And this podcast, I'll be honest, maybe a little bit longer since we do have additional stories that have gone on besides the tournament. And Brandon, the first one we got to get to is Oklahoma State has a new coach where Stephen F. Austin's Brad Underwood has, no, not Frank Underwood, Brad Underwood has gone ahead and accepted a job to be the new coach of the OSU Cowboys next season. You know, I was shocked, to be quite honest with you. I did not think that... That was going. To, I didn't think mm-hmm. that that was going to be happening at all. I uh, had no idea that Oklahoma uh, that Oklahoma State was even looking um, to, you know, n- was even looking anywhere near Brad Underwood uh, to replace their head coach. But Brad Underwood clearly shows that he he has his his team behind him. I think that, and, and it showed it with F. Austin in this tournament. I think that he's going to be a really good coach going to Oklahoma State, and hopefully he brings some some success to them. But I, I think it's I think it's a real interesting move. I really like the move though because I'm gonna when I saw it happen, I already knew what I was going to say on the podcast. I already knew what I was going to be saying into this microphone, into your ears, and what this is going to be. I'm calling it right now, Oklahoma State is going to make the NCAA tournament next year. Because this, to me, is exactly the same thing as Shaka Smart going to Texas. Let, 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 me, let me hit you with some, with some numbers. Yeah, let's hear them. Three years at S- SFA. 32-3, and 29-5, 28-6. Only lost one conference game. Yeah, you played in the Southland, but those are pretty good numbers. 53 and 1 overall in the Southland over his three years with the Lumberjacks. Those three years, round of 32, round of 64, and round of 32. So, three tournament bids in three years, two second round appearances. Shaka Smart in his last three years it, at VCU 27 and 9, 26 and 9, 26 and 10, two second round appearances. One first round of, or yeah, one, two first round appearances, one second round appearance. Had to flip flop them there. You went to the tournament the last three years, just like Shaka Smart. The only difference, the only difference, and I know I'm going to get someone in the comment section if I don't say this Shaka Smart actually had five in a row. The first one was that one in 2010, 2011 where his Rams went all the way to the Final Four. But if you look at the same sample size of the last three seasons before they went to the Big 12, three tournament appearances, had gotten out of the first round, gotten to the second round, and Texas this year went 20-3 and and 11-7 and in the Big 12. We could see similar numbers for Oklahoma State next season. Hey, I've got something really interesting for you. How about this? Doug Gottlieb really wanted the Oklahoma State job. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Why? He said that, well, he, obviously he's played with Oklahoma State. 
And has he ever coached before? He was no. I don't. I don't believe so. Unless someone, you know, unless some, there's someone out there that says yes, he has. Uh, I don't believe he has. But he was. He was pushing hard for the Oklahoma State job. Did not get it. Well, and I mean, here's the thing with that. And I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. He has no head coaching credentials. No head coaching credentials. So I mean, but here's the thing though. But he was a player. Yeah. And 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 I but, think that that for some people that would resonate with some people and say, hey, he was a player. Doesn't matter. He was a player. He yeah, knows you, how that was. But when you've been out of the out of the game so long as a broadcaster, like really, like you've been out of the game. Shaka Smart. I'm gonna. Yeah, Shaka Smart. I'm using him as an example. He played at. Um, Kenyon College, wherever that is, from 95 to 99. Guess what he was doing the rest of 1999? He was an assistant coach and has been coaching since he got out of high school or out of college. So to me, that's why Doug Gottlieb didn't get the job because he's been out of co- like he's been out of the game. I mean, not out of the game to where he doesn't know what's going on, but he hasn't been coaching and to coach it's one of those things where if you've been out of the game for so long it's really hard to get back in it's really hard it's kind of like i i relate it to teaching in a way when teachers leave and they go to a different field sometimes getting back in especially with if you're an older older person sometimes it's really hard to get back into that profession so I think I think Oklahoma State made the right choice in going Brad Underwood over Doug Gottlieb. I just wanted to throw that out there to you and see what you thought. Well, I mean, I it was one of those things like, re- like really he he want he wanted the job and his his brother's an assistant at Oregon State. Okay, that's like saying my brother's a lawyer, so I could be a law- I could be a judge. I, I'm just I'm just saying. Just I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Like I get it. You played for the college, and it's like you know what. I could kind of come home in a way, but at the same time, it's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And the one thing I was going to throw out to go more on the Underwood side of things, Texas last year in Coach Barnes's last season, 8-10 in the Big 12, 20-14 overall. This year they were 20-12 overall, 11-7 in the conference, Oklahoma State, 3-15 and 15 in the conference this year. I'm going to say, bold prediction, bolder than the Texas last year because they were still a good team last year. I'm going to say Oklahoma gets double-digit wins in the conference next year. They get at least 10 wins with Brad Underwood at the helm. They're going to they're gonna get it. They're going to be a play-in game, an 11-11 play-in game. That's what I'm seeing right now for Oklahoma State. You're giving really high now. Now, what was the record this past year? This year, twelve and twenty, three and fifteen in the Big Twelve. So you're saying that they're they're going to get double digit wins? I think so. They yes. already got double digit wins. No, in the conference, I'm saying uh, they're going to get ten wins and in the Big were, Twelve, and, and they were three and fifteen. So they're going to yes. get they're gonna seven get more wins seven. this year. Yeah. Well, next year because we're yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, I think. This is the kind of thing, it's kind of like how high I was on Shaka Smart when he came into the Longhorns. What did I say at the beginning of the season? 
I don't know. You like final raved four. over him. Said final four. I think he said championship. No. I think you had them in no. the championship. I wasn't that crazy. At one point, you might have. I wasn't that crazy. You must have had I, some I weird think... Kool-Aid that day. No, I was not that crazy. But no, this is to me, I like the signing of Brad Underwood. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 3C, I know I mentioned his only one loss in conference, but 89 to 14, 89 wins, 14 losses in three seasons with the Lumberjacks. It's Darn impressive. Well, and it's one of those things where it's just, you know what? Going to a tougher division. Yeah. Going to a tougher I, conference. Yeah, but I think it's the same. To me, I'm going to relate. That's the same. I'm going to relate it to Shaka Smart, where Shaka was up for the challenge. I think Brad Underwood is up for the challenge as well. You can't really say, though, to that it's the Oklahoma same. State. Going from SF Austin to going to Oklahoma State. And playing the people that they play no, throughout I'm saying, the year. It's I, the same. No, no, no. That's not, I'm saying it's similar from Shaka to Underwood because both mid-major, and now the coach is going from mid-major to major, basically. The power conferences. That's what I'm saying is the same. No, no. The Southland is nowhere near the same. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, Ricky, I no, think you lost it. Buddy. No, I was saying it was similar between... Shaka and Underwood going from like VCU to Texas and then SFA to Oklahoma State. That's what I was All right. comparing. Well, I don't know about 10 wins, but they'll be better. But the last thing we're going to talk about here on the podcast is we had two guys. Two guys this week declare for the NBA draft. We've got Shocker, Ben Simmons, leaving LSU to become eligible. He is now in the process of hiring an agent and declaring for the draft. Sunday night, he said, I'm making it official. That's what he said in regarding to finding an agent. And also, we found out today, Tuesday, that Chris Dunn, the Providence point guard, is also entering the NBA draft. And Brandon, what does this mean for LSU and Providence? I think it's a bigger loss for Providence. I think it's a bigger loss for Providence. And here's why. Because of all the things that I have heard, about Ben Simmons in the last couple of weeks, last mm-hmm. month, is that he was about Ben Simmons and that he wasn't necessarily team-oriented. Taking nights off. Ah, eh, in that big of a game, don't really want to play. So he's the next LeBron James, literally. Everyone's saying he's the next LeBron James. He's literally the next LeBron James because LeBron will take games off too. I, I, I think, but I think that's that, that's the problem, is that these guys are mm-hmm. looking at these these people in the NBA, and they're saying they do it and look at the money they're making. I can do it. I can make big money. People have also said that a Ben Simmons isn't a guy you build around. He's your number two. Your number three. Most likely your number two, but he's not your number one. Mm-hmm. He's not the cornerstone of your franchise. He's not the LeBron James. But I think that, you know, they lose him. He's a great talent. He's a great talent when he plays at his fullest. But if he's not playing at his fullest, then why would you want him? Yeah, and I, to me, I feel like. I want to say that, to me personally, I want to say that, hey, this is a bigger deal to Providence. I really want to. However, when I look at it, Chris Dunn leaving, 
redshirt junior. Okay, he could have had him one more year. However, I look at it, and unless they declare, which I don't think they're going to, if you're Providence, you're still going to have Rodney Bullock, who played his first year for Providence this year as a sophomore. He's most likely going to stay. And then you got Ben Bentel, who is also a sophomore, played his second year with Providence this past year. He's most likely going to be back. So it's not like you're losing all of your scoring. And I mean, Chris Dunn was nice, but there's always you can always recruit that next point guard to take over your team. You can always find out that who that next player is to replace it. And it's not like Chris Dunn is a freshman. Came for a one and done and now he's leaving. He's done his time. He's to me He's done exactly what the rule should be. Three years. After junior season, then you can decide if I want to declare or not. Because here's the thing with Ben Simmons. And this is what I'm going to now lean it over to Ben is... Oh, wait, are we coming on another rant from Ricky? No, this isn't a rant. Ah, good. It's his biggest... To me, Ben Simmons' biggest problem. And I said it on the Fast Break podcast. If you've got the number one pick you're going to take Ben Simmons because he's just the freak athlete. He's got too much potential to pass up. Would you want to be the, like, would you have wanted to be the guy who passed on Kyrie Irving, who passed on LeBron James? Do you want to be the guy that passed on Michael Jordan? Let's look at that one. Cause there were teams that passed on Michael Jordan, but but there's a lot of times, though, if you take a look at it, I mean, I, I bet there were teams who were probably like... Like how many people well, passed on Kobe? I was, I was going to say that, but I, I was going to go to um, football and say, how many teams are so happy that Jamarcus Russell didn't fall to them? Oh, you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but, but I think you have to look at stuff like that, too. How happy are you when mm-hmm. you, you look back and you go... Man, I'm happy I didn't take them because they were the hyped one. I took one that wasn't as hyped. Mine panned out. There's Din. You just don't mm-hmm. know, though. You just don't well, know. And what I was going to say is that this is what I was getting to is I was watching the other day, and I will leave a link down to this YouTube video in our description. I was watching a Draft Express video where they were looking at Ben Simmons, and it was looking at his weaknesses and one of the weaknesses that they mentioned was how he he's a reluctant jump shooter but really it was he runs away from shots and they had film to where there's one that and I mean I'm honestly I picked out the video right now just to look at it just one clip I'm going to walk you through here on the podcast 8.6 seconds in the game he brings the ball up, and it's just, it, he doesn't want, like, he gets the ball passed back to him, wide open jumper, and then he passes it off for a contested shot with two seconds left. It's like, that to me is Ben Simmons's biggest problem. It's exactly what I said about A.J. Hammonds on the Fast Break podcast just this past weekend was, he runs like he runs away from shots and he doesn't want the ball. Ben Simmons to me doesn't want the ball in his hands when the game's on the line. 
And that's and a that huge is, problem. That's a that's huge, a problem. huge problem. A number winners, one draft pick. Winners yes. want the ball at the most crucial time. Mm-hmm. They want to take the winning shot number one and draft make picks. it. Number one draft picks to me want the ball in their hands at crucial times. And to me, that is Ben Simmons. I mean, you could say all you want about it. I know Sean Anderson here at MVP has said, well, he needs to work on his jump shot. And he's not that solid in the post. He's got all this potential, but he's not a tooled player. To me, the biggest weakness for Ben Simmons is he doesn't want the ball in his hands at crucial moments. And you're talking about the leading scorer for LSU this season, the leading rebounder for LSU this season. And guess what? LSU is going to be better without him, and they're going to make the tournament next year. Yeah, now that you get a twofer here on the primetime podcast, Ricky makes another bold prediction. And it's not even Monday. And it's not even. We're on a Tuesday this time. But, no, to me, I feel like Ben Simmons, he's either, right now, he either has the potential to be the next LeBron James or the next Kwame Brown. <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to be Kwame Brown, let's be honest. But you guys get my point. He's either going to be the best thing since sliced bread or a bust. That's what I feel when it comes to Ben Simmons. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I and think I mean, you're I think I think you're right on with that. And there may be people that are like, you know, Ricky, you're fucking stupid, and that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion. But to me, I feel like Ben Simmons has to do a lot up here in the head, work on that maturity before he comes before he comes out. And that comes to a greater issue for me, how I think that the one and done rule is stupid. Freshmen should not be declaring for the NBA, and I don't care if you're on the side of, I know Dave Oster's on the side, so if you're on Dave's side of, yeah, but Ricky, they can't pass up all that money. We're talking about kids here. Kids, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, that, I mean, stay in school. I'm not going to force the education discussion because athletes... 90% 90% of them maybe not even won't even go to class if you go to an LSU. Ben Simmons didn't, that's for sure. But you more importantly, you stay in school to hone your craft to make sure when you come out you're a better tooled player. Well, how about this? How how about how about I I I I'm we've talked about this before on yes. here, but I'm not even going to talk about the player part. How long does a does a NBA career last? I mean, how 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 long do you go to? Well, let's Kobe say let's went say, 18 years. Let's say on average. Let's say on average. and it, 12 to, years? To your age. 12. What, what, and how old are you? Well, let's say you come out at 20. You're 32 then. Okay, you're you 32. Leave. You have your whole freaking life ahead of you. Yeah. What are you going to go do? Sit on your couch forever? No, you're not. So here's the thing is that when these kids, when, when we see them and, and – in college, when you're looking and you're in the tournament time and they're doing a, a highlight on, on, on some guy and they talk about how, you know, he, he wants to do criminal justice and he's done this and he's done that. They need a life outside of sports because one day it does come to an end. And you need to be able to know how to do other things. There's this fancy tool that I just discovered the called internet. the Internet and Google. And I just Googled average NBA career length. Um, I'll give you more than that. I'll give you a, apparently what Google says is the average for each one. In football, 3.5. I don't know. This is this is from 2013, so 
things may have changed, but 3.5 for football, 5.6 for baseball, 4.8 for basketball, and 5.5 for the NHL. Now, of course, you're going to get the ones like Kobe. There are obviously, there's extremes to this. There's the guys that go into the NBA, stay a year, leave. There are guys that stay for 18 years. But to me, I feel like this is a greater issue. The one and done is stupid. You need to have you need to have these kids stay in college because look at right here. A guy like Chris Dunn, who I have no problems with, gonna get drafted top ten in my mind. It's gonna be a solid point guard for whichever team takes him. And here's the one thing I want to use this quote from Chris Dunn. He did say when asked about it, I wanted to come back, get my degree, and made the NCAA tournament. I also felt like I improved my outside shot, even though I st- it still needs work, cut down on my turnovers, and become a better leader. That right there is a guy who's like, you know what, I'm going to come back to college for this year that he just played. He worked on something. And now is going to use that when he goes to the NBA. Ben Simmons needs to do the same thing to me. However, go to the NBA, be the freak athlete, use the first four to five years of your NBA career and waste it on working on your outside shot when you could have done it in college. All I can say is Chris Dunn gets it. Chris Dunn does get it. He gets it really hard. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. I want to thank you guys for checking us out this day, evening, night, wherever it is, whenever it is that you are checking out this podcast. If you're listening on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that repost, that like, that follow button. Go hit it all. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. Also, share this podcast to all of your friends and family. We're really trying to get to that 1,000 subscriber mark. We are almost, almost to 900 subs, and we are so close to a thousand make sure to check us out on twitter i'm at ricky widmer brandon is at young underscore swan 19 most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod lastly check out most valuable podcast.com for your one-stop shop for everything nvp i want to thank you guys one more time for checking out the primetime podcast today and as always have a good day everybody thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.